Welcome to a new episode of the Atomic Podcast. In this episode, Mr. Trivia Ephraim and Big Al review the cult classic from dusk till dawn. Godforsaken shitholes in Mexico, do we have to meet here? One place is just as good as another. I've never been here before. No! I drove by it a couple times. It's a rowdy place, it's out in the middle of nowhere, there'll be no cops. It's open from dusk till dawn. Hey, didn't you say you want to meet in the morning? Here we are. Well, since you just picked this place out of a hat, my brother is dead. That girl's entire fucking family is dead. What were they, psychos? They look like psychos? Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. Everybody be cool. You be cool. Thank you, Jerry, for that beautiful intro, the sassy Australian girl. Hello, welcome to Atomic Podcast. I'm here with the legendary, the one, the only, the proprietor of speaking Spanish, Mr. Big Al. I've seen you before. You're the asshole on TV. Big Al, welcome back again, man. Thank you, Efren. How are you doing? I'm doing really good, man. Enjoying the Midwest out here. And this time... You know, we talked twice about you, and of course, I love talking about you and talking about New York and talking about your show, Public Access Show, number one rated in New York City, speaking Spanish. But today, me and you, finally, we're doing a movie review. I know we planned on doing like a Death Wish review and some other reviews I was trying to get you on, but this time, we came down and we are finally going to talk about the cult classic vampire movie from dusk till dawn. Yay! Yep. First of all, before before we start reviewing it, um, where did you actually do you remember where you seen from Dust Till Dawn at like your first time viewing the movie? Uh, I saw it on VHS. Oh really? I, yeah. Oh. These are, this is one of those movies I wish I would have seen in the movie theater. Yeah, I remember I seen this in '86 and Third Avenue. I remember seeing this ooh, years ago. I went to the movies to see this, and I didn't really expect much from it. I was like, from dusk till dawn, because I think, I don't know if you remember the trailers, like, they didn't really gave that much away, like, eventually, when I think the second trailer, like, you've seen vampires in it, but it was kind of left mysterious in the air. I don't know if you remember, like, the first trailer, but it was like, oh, shit, it's like a heist, like a heist movie and, like, a kidnapping, but, like, the vampires were, like... I like it's kind of sucks that they gave it away later on, but I think it would have been so cool if you went to the movie blind. I think I I went to the movie blind and didn't expect that, but holy shit, man, I was in for a wild ride, man. Uh, I don't even know if I saw a trailer for this movie before oh, it came out. Oh, really? So you just bought the VHS tape? I mean, you bought it, you rented it, and you was like, oh shit, from dusk till dawn, right? And then you just put it in and watched it. Uh, my dad suggested it to me. Oh, so your dad has he seen it? He saw yeah. it before me, and he was like, you're going to like this. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So, um, going into it from Dust Till Dawn, that came out in, I believe, what was it? 96. 96. Okay. 
96. And I believe this was George Clooney's first pretty much starring role in a film because he was, I think, on hiatus from ER because he was still, in, he, you know, he was big top star at ER. You know, like everybody loves George Clooney as, um, what was his role in Dr. Doug Benson? Was it Dr. Doug Benson? I forgot what his role in ER. I forgot he was one I of never saw. I never saw an episode of ER in my life. Oh my God, really? <laughs> Never. Uh, but at, at that time, when he headlined that movie, he was headlining ER. But, you know, it was an ensemble cast, but he was yeah. like the, he was like the shining star out of ER. So basically, this was like his first starring role. So Quentin Tarantino got him for the role. But from Dust Till Dawn, 1996, man, it stars George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. And they're both criminal brothers. They take a family hostage, and then, like, they have to go across the Mexican border and um, tell me about it, man. Like, first of all, watching the movie from *Dust to Dawn*, the opening intro of the movie. What was your thoughts on it, man? Well, before we talk about that, did Quentin get him for the role, or did Robert Rodriguez get him for the role? Well, I think it was Quentin, I believe, and he suggested it to Robert Rodriguez. I know Quentin got Kelly Preston because John, because he acts. I think John Travolta. If to look at two scripts, um, it was from *Dust to Dawn* and *Pulp Fiction*. But John Travolta didn't want to do a vampire movie, so he wanted to do *Pulp Fiction*. But I think he was friends with John Travolta. That's how Kelly Preston has that little cameo role as a news reporter in the movie. Because at that okay. time, Quentin Tarantino was doing, I think, *Pulp Fiction* as well. So you know, Quentin Tarantino likes to work with the same people he does movies with, like Harvey Keitel was in *Reservoir yeah. Dogs*. So, yeah. so I believe it was um, Quentin Tarantino. Okay. You know, but, um, what did, like, first of all, you seen the movie, well, you know, we're going to get right into it. Um, you put it in, you watched the movie. Did you know what to expect right away? Like, did you get the spoilers from your dad or you just said, just watch this movie or whatnot? Uh, I don't think I knew that it was going to turn into a vampire movie halfway through the movie. Oh, that's fucking awesome, right? Without <laughs> going going to it blind, you was just like, oh shit, they're on the run, the cops are going to try to kill them. That shit, we'll get to the vampire point of it, but the, like, the whole beginning of the movie basically takes place at the bar. I, no, was it the, um, what was the name of the fucking bar? Not the bar, but it was the liquor store, right? The liquor store. Yep. The, uh, the beginning of the movie is in a convenience store. Yeah, the convenience store. All right. It wasn't a liquor store, right? It was a convenience store. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then... The, the, the Gecko Brothers. Yes. Seth have, uh, yeah, and Richard. Seth yep. and Richard. Yep. The, they've got two female hostages. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, even even before the hostage, wasn't um, Sheriff Earl McGraw talking to the convenience store person floor he was talking to the guy first right before we got the backstory of it of it because he's pretty much was saying the backstory about the gecko brothers that they robbed this bank and they killed x amount of people right like was it sheriff earl mcgraw talking to the guy before we see the first appearance of um uh, um seth gecko yes he's doing the exposition yes. part of the movie yes yes so he's basically so, so we can understand what's going on mm-hmm so he's giving the exposition to the convenience store clerk yeah. while the Gecko brothers have the two girls in the back, but we don't see them until the sheriff leaves. Yep. And I think the the guy's name is Pete Bottoms. Yep. He's telling him exactly what's going on. And you basically, the the way um, Michael Parks delivers that role, like like his 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 voice, his enunciation of words, he's like, yeah, we're going to get them. Like, he sounded like a badass, you know, 
te- you know, Texas Ranger, like the either, and that's the role he portrayed. He was like stoic, old. Yeah, yeah. You know, his delivery is great in that brief scene of his. Yes, yes, and he gave it a touch of class. Like, oh shit! Like, if this guy gets them, like, you think, like, from him talking, you think he's gonna be around through the whole time of the movie. Like the way he's just like saying, "Oh, we gonna get them. Like, we gonna get them and stuff," you know, and then. He pretty much goes to the bathroom and whatnot, and then you see the appearance of Seth Gecko coming out with the hostage, and he's just, like, if you've seen George Clooney's other movies, and just seeing him, like, cursing up a storm with a gun, like, you're like, oh, shit, like, like, at this time, George Clooney was, like, the hot stud of ER, and, you know, um, he's done little movies here and there, like, his movies wasn't great he did like attack of the killer tomatoes so it wasn't like he was like a headline movie star or whatnot but this movie pretty much propelled george clooney to like superstardom i think you know besides er this movie was like his gateway drug to go to mainstream movies for a little bit but you see the appearance of you know george clooney and at that time everybody wanted to get that hairstyle with george clooney like all the hair comb up to the front or whatnot i don't care what nobody said everybody was like i want to look like seth gecko with that hairstyle you know? with, a, with, a, with a touch of gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The salt and pepper look. He actually had yeah. that shit going on back in the nineties, like that salt and pepper look. So he's basically telling the convenience store clerk, like, get this guy out of here, or you know, you know, and it was, and then he was gonna blow up. It was called Benny's World of. What is it? What, what, I, I know it was Benny Worlds of Fun or something like that. I forgot what the convenience store was called. You know, but he yeah, was I don't gonna, remember the name of the store. Yeah, he was gonna cause chaos and whatnot, and then. You know, his brother subtly tells him that he's mouthing to the Texas Ranger, this, this, or whatnot, like, you know, like he's Even saying, he, was, w- he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. But I think at that, at that early, at that early time where Richard is saying that to Seth, like, it's like, okay, like he's, like, we don't, we don't get it yet because it's still early in the movie, but you, you tell something's a little bit off. You know, either he's lying to fuck with it or you know something's a little bit off. But we'll get to that because. You'll see the evolution of Richard Gecko. So they go back. The fucking ranger comes out, and then shit hits the fan, man. Like what? Like after that, those those scenes, man. What was your thought about like watching that? What was it like a good five minute, ten minute scene? Like what? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, things escalated quickly. That's what mm-hmm. I thought when I saw that because yeah. uh, in the beginning everything's cool, yeah. but then by the end of the scene. Uh, the clerk is dead, and the fucking convenience store is blown the fuck up. Yep, yep. But you forgot the the hard part of it, where he was like, "I didn't say nothing," you know, or he he was telling, or Richard was telling him, "I told you he said something." And then, like, you know, George Clooney had that gasoline fluid, puts the toilet paper in, he throws it behind the register, and he starts shooting shit, and he gets like the fucking convenience store gets burned to death, and he's like. Still alive, but he's on fire, and like you know, they're just shooting the shit out of him, you know. And oh, it was fucking yeah, nuts. I, I, I felt sorry for the clerk to tell you the truth. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't mouth off. I know. He didn't uh, tip off the sheriff. I know. He's like, I didn't so, say nothing. <laughs> I did feel sorry for the fucking guy. I know. I know. You I know, know when he woke up that day, he had no idea he was gonna die. You know, burned alive and shot to death. Yeah, I know. And blown the fuck up in his store. Wow. <laughs> what a way to go. Yeah. Well, he managed to get a shot over in Richie's head. <laughs> Pretty much, he leaves a hole in his fucking, I don't know if it was right or left, but he leaves a hole in his fucking head. 
know? He does. <laughs> so he got he got a licks in before he passed away, though. But yeah, he, got, he got a few of his licks in before he got obliterated. Yeah. So after that, you know, they had to do the you know obligatory leave of the store while everything is blowing up behind them and they're walking cool and sassy to the car. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, do they still do that shot? Because that that has got to be one of the most over overused shots in movies. Yeah, it is. They still use that shot, but I'm saying, like, I wonder, like, it didn't start with that film. I don't think. No, it didn't start with that film. But it's like, I think once once that film they showed that a lot of other films started doing the walk away shot where everything is blowing up. You're you're not trying to watch your head or anything like that. You're walking cool and sassy to your car and you leave or whatnot. So, but uh, you know, like I like I never even noticed that. What happened to the hostages that they had? They they, they died. They sh- killed them up. Those girl hostages that they had. They let them go. They let them go. See, I'm pretty sure we see them let them go. Oh, okay. Because I don't even remember. I wonder if they died in it. Like I never even like noticed that. I just know they talked about it. You know, and then and then you know, pretty much. Seven Sally, you mean, what do you mean by, you know, the meaning of low profile, Richie, the meaning of low profile, but then they couldn't, they never do nothing low profile, <laughs> they just like pretty much blew up the store, you see them driving in the car, and I think to, to me the most badass shit in that fucking, you know, scene with the opening credits, really quick opening credits, I guess that's like the Grindhouse era, I don't, I don't remember ever seeing like a Grindhouse movie, but that type of era was like Grindhouse movie, so you see all the credits going up. Um, well, that from dusk till dawn is not from the grindhouse era, but no, I like mean an homage, an homage. To the grindhouse era. Yeah, you see him popping fucking pills. Just like every, anything, anything associated with Tarantino is yeah. an homage to the grindhouse era. Yeah, you know, you see him popping pills and chugging. I think Jackie had, you know, and then Richie's uh-huh. Richie's looking at his fucking finger, not in pain, you know, like. You know, you have to suspend your disbelief sometimes watching this film. But, of course, there's vampires in it. He tapes it up yeah. he, he tapes it up with duct tape, and he's good to go, you know? And, he's such a badass. Yeah, but then, like, the whole sleeper of that little scene ends where the car is driving off, and then you look into the trunk, and you see, like, this older lady inside the freaking trunk. You're like, oh, shit, you know? And, yeah. You know, and then, the, you know. Poor old lady. Yeah. I don't was she like a, a bank teller or a steward? I don't even know if I forgot what she was. But then like, you know, they drive off to like the hotel or whatnot, and then like yeah. you know, they start trying to they're gonna meet somebody in El Rey, right? At the border. El Rey, that's yeah. right. Yeah, they're gonna meet somebody at the border. So they're chilling at the hotel room, they get a room, and then like from there there's exposition and exposition, and then they have the hostage there. And then, you know, pretty much Seth tells her to sit there like a plant. Plants don't talk, you know, like, you got to get on my good side or I'm going to blow you the fuck up, you know, pretty much, he says, you know. Right. You know, he pretty much gives her that threat. Like, George Clooney's, like, acting in that one was so subtle because it was like, you see, like, at that time, he was just family-friendly Dr. E.R., you know, no, Douglas Ross, that was his name, Dr. Doug Ross, you know, so he was pretty much... You know, like a badass. Like, he was like, oh shit. You know, like, girls want him and men want to be him. Like, you didn't want to fuck with him. You know, so he was like, yeah. I have six little friends that run a lot faster than you. You know, like, I don't want you to, you know, don't get up and don't even think about it. You know, leaving. But then, like, at I think at, at this scene, though, you see how um, Quentin Tarantino's character, Richard, is. Like, you see, like, the ominous music when he looks at the, the fucking lady. Like, you know, like, like I think, um... At that time, Seth was going to go get some food. He's going to check out the layout. 
Um, he was going to bring the famous Big Kahuna Burger, which is the staple of Quentin Tarantino movies. Big Kahuna Burger's been in Pulp Fiction as well. Everything, you know, that's his own, like, it's his own cinematic universe with that. So he was going to get, you know, food or whatever. And, you know, he got the girl food. But Quentin Tarantino's watching cartoons. <laughs> so random. And <laughs> this movie's watching cartoons. He tells the hostage to sit with him. And then, you know, we don't see what happens. You know, we just see, you know, the return of Seth. And then, like, he goes in there. Like, he goes in. He starts talking, exposition. You know, takes out the burgers. Richie's with him in the in the kit not the kitchen it's like the main living room area. He starts eating the burgers. He noticed the hostage is gone. He was like, "Where's the hot? You know, where is she at?" He's like, "Oh, she's in the room." But he just says it like casually, like nothing. You know, she he goes to the yeah he goes to the room and it's like, you know, the bloody mess. Yes, but the thing is, like, we don't see it like that. It just splashes. It's like blink, blink, like a like a flicker of a light. And I think yeah. I just love the subtlety of that because, like, you don't see it, but, like, you see it, but you don't see it complete. It's just we subtle. see quick shots of it. Yes, yes. What What did you thought when you first seen that? You was like, oh, shit, or, like, what the fuck? Like, uh, I, I wasn't expecting the two, one of the two protagonists of the movie to be a sicko rapist. <laughs> yeah. So that was weird. Yeah. It's still weird to me. I know it is like, like we have that like yeah either he fucking fucked her, beat the shit out of her, and kill her, or he just killed her first, or it's like you like at that moment you know like there's not there's something off with him you know like they're both off but he's a little bit more off than his brother you know oh he's way more off than yeah. his brother yeah and his brother like sort of looks past it. But, like, he was like, what is wrong with you, Richard? Like, you know, this lady wouldn't have said shit. Like, oh, she, you know, like, we were just watching TV and whatever. One thing led to another. And, like, Seth can't comprehend this. But it's like, you know, there's there's a lot you can go with this movie from that, on, that point on. But it was just like, okay, you know, like, he just looks past it because they're on the fucking run. So he was like, okay, you know, and he was like, you know, what is wrong with you? You know, we don't do this type of things, you know. We, you know, we shoot people, we burn them, and we shoot them, but we don't rape nobody. And we don't, like, brutally, you know, sodomize them or whatnot, you know. So he's giving him the exposition, like, everything is going to be okay. Everything's going to be sunshines and rainbows once we're in Mexico and whatnot. So. I don't. I don't think this partnership would exist in real life. This yeah. wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, with everything that's going around now, with, like, easy access to all these stuff, you know, women you can get, like, uh, yeah, he probably would have been a fiend on Tinder or whatnot, or a match, you know? Like, he probably would have been going crazy. Well, a guy like that would go on Tinder and then brutally rape and kill the women he meets on Tinder. But what I'm saying is, I don't think in re that a partnership, like... Second. George Clooney's character and Quentin Tarantino's character would be able to coexist in real life because George Clooney was a serious guy who just did what he had to do to get what he wanted. True. Oh, going his back. His other guy, yeah. was, you know, his brother, Quentin, yeah. uh, Richard Gecko, was yeah. a, a loose cannon. Yeah. So yeah. if you got a guy doing things, you know, by the book and a loose cannon, that's not going to work. Yeah. Oh, I, I forgot to mention, going back to the bar, he pretty much shoots the Texas Ranger Earl McGraw. I forgot about that. He goes, he goes, shoots him when he comes out the bathroom, you know? 
he pretty much shoots him. But like that character Earl McGraw, if you remember, he's in other movies as well as the same character. So they shoot the sheriff. Yeah, right. Remember, because when he came out the bathroom, and then um, Richard Gecko shoots him in the head. Do you remember Shit, that? I, I gotta see this again. He shot the sheriff. Are you sure? Yeah, when he goes to the bar, if you if you're next to if you could put YouTube on your phone right now, you could pretty much see it though. Like, just go to that scene, like when the sheriff comes up when he comes out the bathroom. You know, he's like, "Oh, can I use can I use your commode?" He goes to the bathroom. He comes out. He starts talking to um the um um Pete Bottoms. He starts talking to Pete. You know, like making a little small talk, and Richard shoots them in the head. And he falls down, and then that's when they shoot the, the convenience store clerk. And then he was like, he mouthed the words, help us, you know? And he's like, I never said anything, and then he shoots him. I think he shoots the sheriff first, so pretty much Earl McGraw is killed on sight there. Are you watching the scene? Because he pretty much shoots him there. So, like, it was the end of the sheriff for that scene. But his character lives on in, like, Kill Bill. And I believe other uh, another film on Grindhouse and Planet Terror. His character is still alive. So you have to assume that was all before From Dust to Dawn. Like, all those movies take place before From Dust to Dawn. Because his character bites the bullet in that scene. So, it's it's... It's nuts, though. It's really, really nuts how he gets killed in that scene. But um, the movie continues... That's why this partnership would not exist in real life. Yeah. Because uh, Richard Gecko is just too much of a fucking maniac. Yeah. Seth and pretty... that would not work with a guy like Seth Gecko. Yeah. So, yeah, Seth and Richard. Seth is like a like the owner, and Richard is his dog, pretty much. You know, it's like he has to keep him in check. He has to have but a not, leash on him. You know, not a well trained dog. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Did you see what I'm talking about? This is, this yeah. is a dog with rabies. Yep. I mean, it just isn't gonna work. Yeah, I know. You I, know. Obviously, it's a movie, and you have to suspend your disbelief, especially a movie like this. Yeah. But if you're gonna look at things realistically. These two would not last together long. Yeah, it wouldn't even last a partnership. Did you see the scene I was telling you about? Did you check it out? Where he shoots the yeah. sheriff in the back of the head? Yeah, you see that? Yes, yeah. I just... It's crazy, right? It's crazy how he just shoots him right in the back of the head. It's so nuts. Like, he just shoots him up. So they end up leaving, you know, the hotel. And then... From there, I think they're trying to find a room to stay in. They're driving in the Winnebago or whatnot, I believe. They have, like, a Winnebago. No, they don't have a Winnebago. They're driving the car. The car fucks up at, a, at, at the hotel that they're in. And then they meet up with a family. And that's the Fuller family, you know. Kate, Scott, and then their dad, who was a preacher. But he passed away. No, his, his wife had passed away. So, from there on... That family has, as that you see another storyline with that family because their family is dealing with trial and tribulations of losing their mother. But those are like his foster kids. I think Scott is his foster kid. I don't know if Kate is his natural daughter or whatnot. But Scott's definitely the foster. Kid. Yeah, Scott is foster kid. Kate is that? I don't even. It's not. A, I know. Is it, <laughs> he's Asian and they're yep, white. Yep. 
but it's, I don't even know, Kate, I, I, I'm assuming Kate is biologically his, I believe, you know, so. I've always assumed that yeah. Kate is his biological daughter. Yeah. Harvey Keitel, I love him in movies. Reservoir Dogs, he's excellent in. This one, like, I bought him, like, he's such a good actor, I bought him as a preacher who lost his wife and lost his faith in God, and, you know, he's just trying to, like... I think a he, southern, yeah, a southern preacher. Southern preacher, yeah. I think he left the parish, and like there, I, I don't know where I forgot where they were off to going, but he was leaving with he, his family. He looks like Arn Anderson, and he sounds like Arn Anderson. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Arn it's Anderson. Amazing. The man who looked at fifty in his thirties. Yep, Arn Anderson. Right. Yep. <laughs> like they could have just gotten Arn Anderson to play that role, and it would have been the same. Yep, you're right. You know, he was That's so... how good Harvey Keitel is as a, as, a, as an actor. Yeah. He, he became Arn Anderson. Ooh, <laughs> yep. He had that in him. Yep. He was so good at it, you know. So it's like we left we left not we didn't leave that storyline, but like we kinda left one situation for another situation. Family drama. Their mom died and the dad lost faith in his religion. He left the parish, he left the church, and they're driving somewhere. They go to a hotel for a rest. And then, you know, their car fucked up, Seth and Richard Gecko. You know, um, Seth just stands there right in front of their RV. They stay, oh, they almost hit him with the, with the RV. They just look at him like, what the fuck? And he's just looking at it, smirking, knowing, like, this is my next ride, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I believe Richard, make a long story short, Richard knocks at their door to get a cup of ice, and he'll bring it right back. He gets the ice, punches the dad, comes in. And then, like, that movie is so, like, not PC. And he was like, are you two are lovers or something? Like, you know. <laughs> well, he doesn't use the word lovers. Yeah. But what did he exa exa exactly say, I believe? Forgot. What, what are you, a couple of fags? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what he says. Yep. Because you could say that back then. Yeah, can't say that shit now. You can't say that now. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, man. So he has them hostage. They have him hostage there. Kate's in the bathroom. You know, Kate comes out. And then the ominous music plays when Richie sees Kate. Like, you the voom. I don't know. I don't know what kind of... It's like a... I don't know what tone you would call it, but it's like a dark, ominous tone. Whereas, like, he's looking at her up and down. And then, like... Like he and, that, and that's one of the guys we're supposed to like root for in the movie. Exactly, exactly. Is the, is the homicidal rapist potentially pedophile? Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. This movie was. How, <laughs> how old is Juliet Lewis supposed to be in the movie? Oh, like a teenager, right? Like 18, 19, right? Like I, I bought it. I think she was older, but I bought her being young because at that time she looked very youthful still. Okay, so. so Tarantino's character is like on the borderline. I would of say this third pedophile. Yeah, I would say he's in his late thirties. I would think, like early. Well, regardless of his yeah. age. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Depending on Julia Lewis's character's age in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He. He, was... he could be a pedophile, or yeah, I think he pretty much or, is. Or straddling <laughs> the line. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And then, like from there, you moan, you like, you know, he's crazy because, you know, he thinks that she says to him to eat her pussy. And he's like, yeah, sure. And it's all in his mind. She didn't say shit, but he thinks that she said it. So you know, like this guy is yeah. not all right up after, there. 
<laughs> After he looks at her feet first, yes, he's Quentin Tarantino. Yes, Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. Have you seen Kill Bill and whatnot? You know he loves. Have you seen to... any movie of his? Yeah, or yeah. any movie that he's associated with? Yep, he loves the feet, the agony of defeat, man. He loves that shit. <laughs> <laughs> she did not have cute feet. Who, um, um, Uma Thurman? Or are you talking about um, uh, Julia Lewis? Julia Lewis. Lewis. Should they have that cute feet? <laughs> no, or Uma Thurman. Yeah. I don't know. Those feet were huge. You know, Uma Thurman is huge, so. Yeah. It's like six foot something with big feet, but. Yeah, not not cute. But I guess Tarantino doesn't care. He likes all feet. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, like, they pretty much exposition there. You know, they take the families hostage. They take their RV hostage. They need to go to El Rey. They need to cross the border in Mexico. So, they're using his RV well, it is an RV, right? To so cross over to the border and whatnot. So then, like, you pretty much, you know, the Fuller family and the geckos pretty much getting to know each other in the car, talking with with each other, you know? So it's basically a cross-country, you know, RV ride. And, um, you know, you pretty much hear the backstory of... Um, uh, the, oh, I forgot the, I forgot his first name in the, Harvey Keitel's character, I forgot his first name in the movie, but he's pretty much telling him his situation with his family, like, you know, and Seth is pretty much getting to know him, you know, Seth is more the logical thinker of the group, and Richie is in the back just oogling, you know, Kate, you know, in his mind, like, he's just, oh, that would be ogling, ogling, there you go, ogling her in his mind. You know, like Jacob. That was Harvey Jake, Keitel's name. Oh, Jacob Fuller. Okay, Jacob. Yep. Yeah. So like, and, and uh, Richard is in the back, ogling his daughter Kate. Yeah. What do you thought about like just like the whole group together in the RV, like them together, their dynamics? What do you thought about that the scene? It's good. I like the I like the the back and forth between. George Clooney and Harvey Keitel in the front because Clooney's doing the small talk. Yeah. I guess because he figures, well, let me try to ease the tension here. Yeah. But Keitel's not buying it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be here. I don't even want to talk to you. So then Clooney's like, all right, I don't want to fucking talk to you either. So here's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to go to Mexico. And if you do what you're fucking told, then I'm going to let you go. And that's it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. And then, you know, and then this is, I believe, the first time of multiple times, like, you know, they get stopped before they cross the border by Cheech Marin, who plays a, he plays a, what is it, a, not Customs, right? He plays like a, a, a cop, like a sheriff, I'm trying to figure out what he played. He played a, a law... To me, that's a he's a border agent. Border, yeah, border patrol. That's what it was. Border patrol. Yeah. That's the thing he says when he enters the car. Border patrol comes in, looks at the car. They're all hiding out, you know, checking out the car. He did the peeping Tom thing where he sees Kate in the bathroom. He gives like a smirk. <laughs> I was like, shut, oh, shut, shut the, fuck the fucking door, door please. <laughs> He was like, okay. Like, he played that pervy so well. <laughs> like, he's just like, ah, oh, sick. Because you knew he had to be a pervert. Yep, yep. Because <laughs> it, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie, so you have to have sleazy, pervy guys. <laughs> That's his shtick, right? Like, the tradition. <laughs> like with that. Actually, it's not a Quentin Tarantino movie, as much as people think it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's a Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez. movie. Yeah. 
Wait, well, well, it was directed. But Quentin's yeah. in it, so you know. Yeah, well, Quentin was going to direct it, but he was a, a, a like a co-star in the film, so he just wanted to be an act. You know, he just wanted to act in it. But it was directed by Robert Rodriguez, but it was wit- written by Quentin Tarantino. But yeah. Robert Rodriguez. His, his influence is strong. In the oh, movie. very strong, very strong, and it's part of his cinematic universe also a little bit with robert rodriguez cinematic universe like everybody has a cinematic universe now but back then it wasn't as <laughs> yeah it pretty much was but it wasn't as profound as it is now when you say cinematic universe you think marvel and whatnot yes but, i know you know <laughs> which you hate i know but all the all his films are pretty much connected in some aspect or another so is robert rodriguez okay so before marvel what the fuck did you call this crossovers because if but i'm saying nowadays everybody loves to say cinematic universe they're practically masturbating they have an orgasm (laughs) when they say the words cinematic universe right yeah there was another word for that but if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty Cinematic Universe started back in the 40s and the 50s, like with Dracula meets the Wolfman, you know, Frankenstein meets Dracula, like that that pretty much started the crossover movies at that time, but we didn't really consider it a crossover, we were just like, exactly. oh, what, you know. Like, what did they call it back then? I, didn't, I don't know. This, yeah. this is not the first time that this has happened? Yeah, it's happened a long time ago, but I don't, I don't think they came up with the name Cinematic Universe. Like, I don't know. They just, said just they, I, don't, I don't think it had a name. It didn't, right? They, they didn't even call it crossover? Like, I don't even know. Like, they just said, oh, he's in his movie. Like, oh, Dracula and the Wolf yeah. together, you know? Combined forces, yeah. you know? Same thing with Dracula. I mean, Godzilla and King Kong, two cinematic, you know, monsters at the same movie. You know, like that was it was such a big deal, you know, back then. But like here, it's not a it's a big deal, but it's not a big deal. Like you know, you have the Kahuna Burger is part of Quentin Tarantino's universe. I know, you know, I know. Earl McGraw is you know was in Kill Bill. Earl McGraw was in Grindhouse. You know, but like so you figure he died in this movie. All those movies take place before Dust Till Dawn because he bites the bullet and from Dust Till Dawn, like he dies in that movie. So yeah, these these movies are don't take place in the order that they came out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and there's a I don't know there's a. I forgot, there's another movie that's not connected with Quentin Tarantino, but I have to look it up on IMDb. There's a, it's a movie that, uh, uh, I think Quentin Tarantino has an influence on it. They're watching the, uh, I forgot the name of the movie, but to make a long story short, there's a couple watching a movie and they hear about the robbery with the Gecko Brothers. But it's not connected to a Tarantino movie, but they're watching the news and they're talking about the Gecko Brothers. So you're like, oh shit, you know, like, that's a little fun little Easter egg for, like, fans out there. But if you if, if you Google it, you know, you'll see the name of the movie, though, but... Is it uh, Planet Terror? No, it's not Planet Terror or something else, but I don't, it's not connected to a movie, but... It's not ca- connected to Tarantino, but I know I'm deviating from the subject, but if you look it up, though, it's... They talk about the Gecko Brothers, but... Okay, so like they, the border patrol leaves the thing. They make it to Mexico, and then um, they're riding into it. You know, it's getting like what is it? It's it's just turning to night, dawn, and whatnot, right? So they're driving. It's turning, it's turning to dusk. Yeah, dusk. There we go. Dusk till dawn. <laughs> so um, I think they make it into Mexico, right? And yes, they do. Do they actually... Is the bar, the city twister, the first place that they hit? 
Yes. Yes, the first place that they had. Okay. And what's yeah? yeah what should I did I don't when I first saw it, I was like the titty twister. I was like, oh my god, I this is a place I need to go to if this ever exists. Like, what you thought about the name and looking at the neon, the titty twister? Wait. I'm still I'm still searching for the titty twister. <laughs> I still think, like, that could be a franchise. If they ever made something like that, this could be a franchise, the City Twister. Like, everything else is pretty much like a franchise. Like, this needs to be, like, a real-life thing, man. <laughs> no strip club I, I will ever go to will live up to the City Twister. Yep. You know, and I've it's been... A, it's a shame. Nothing will ever be as cool as the Titty Twister, Twister was in that movie. Yes, yes. Like, I remember, like, going to New York, Flash Dancers, Runway 69, Legs Diamond, and I'm like, oh, my God, is it going to be like the Titty Twister? Nothing, no. Nothing ever was. <laughs> no. Well, th there's no way anything like that would happen in New York. Yeah, that's true. With all the regulations we have here, yeah, it's not... It's just, and it's just, you know, we're... that's not us. <laughs> Something like that would have to be... Or Vegas, you think? Uh, either in Mexico. Yeah. Or, you know, somewhere in the Southwest. Yeah. True. But not, not, not New York. Yep. <laughs> we, we can't recreate that here. Yep, not at all. That's gotta be Southwest or just fucking straight Mexico. Yep. Tijuana. Tijuana. <laughs> oh, man. So they go to the, twi the Titty Twister. And they're supposed to, they're supposed to meet, um, who's the guy they're supposed to meet exactly? Was it El Rey? No, they're supposed to go to El Rey, but I forgot the name of Cheech Baron's character. It was another role that Cheech Baron... Carlos. Carlos, yes. Oh, good memory, man. Carlos. They're supposed to be Carlos and El Rey. So they go there. Cheech Baron plays another role. He's like, I don't know, he's like a patron at the bar? Like, what is he... Like, like a security... I don't know. He's, he's the doorman. The doorman, yes. That. His name... His name, which I don't think is ever said in the movie. Mm -hmm. But if you look up his name online, his char or in the credits, his character's name is Chet Pussy. <laughs> and do you remember verbatim what he said before you go, like, what he's introducing that the... Outside the city, Twister, do you remember verbatim what he says, his line? Or you can... Not 100% verbatim, but I do remember that he talks about how there's all kinds of pussy. Yeah. At the Titty Twister, yep. you know, we've got white pussy, <laughs> black pussy, <laughs> apple pie pussy. Yeah. Naga high pussy. Yep. Naga high pussy. <laughs> yep. Snapping pussy. Yep. Smelly pussy. Yep. <laughs> All kinds of pussy at the Titty Twister, and, you know, what more can you ask for at a strip club when you have such a variety of different pussies? Yeah, and, like, hearing that at the theater, I was like, holy shit, you know? It's and fantastic. I, I love that character. I dressed up like that character for Halloween Oh my! Oh, my God, really? Oh, you gotta post that picture up. Is it there? Is it your <laughs> thing? I gotta see that. <laughs> it's hysterical. Do people recognize you? A few. Uh, okay. It's yeah. a very, is a very, like, obscure role, but, like, if people recognize you, they're hardcore fans, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the ones that do, they really enjoy seeing that character. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, pr and pretty much, like, they get in the club, Richie fucks him up pretty much, right? Beats him up pretty bad to get in, I believe. Which was a stupid move. Yeah. Yeah. That you know, you're on the run from the law. 
You've only got, all you got to do is lay low for one night. Why you got to start looking for trouble? <laughs> Especially in Mexico, you know, where you're not right, even from. You're in so. another country. Yeah. So why are you going to start looking for trouble? All you got to do is lay low for one night and you're good. And of course, that's what led to the to the problems. Mm-hmm. If he had not punched, if he had not beat up Chet Pussy, yeah. then, then Chet Pussy doesn't come back for revenge. And they probably spend the whole night just chilling there. No vampires. And in the morning, everybody lives. Yep. Yeah, man, George Clooney for for being the supposedly cool guy mm-hmm. uh, out of the the two did not play it smart there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, so they make it in there. They're at the bar. You know, they made it past the border, so um, Seth is happy. The you know he's buying drinks. He's making Scott drink with him, even though the dad doesn't want him to drink. Like then eventually, you know, the kids drink with him because he's like, I'm not drinking alone. And he's just pissed because I think what was it? Some big Mexican like it, it's also weird how the two kids Yeah, Jacob and Scott, yeah. Despite the fact that they're they've just been kidnapped and taken into Mexico by two guys who you know, for all they know are homicidal maniacs. Yeah. Uh, seem to be really cool with the idea of being with these two guys and and are totally cool with drinking with them and everything, even even though their father is a nervous wreck. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yep. It's just weird how they're like, yeah, I'll have another. Yep. And then, but you, then you remember, Jacob ends up having a shot with uh, Seth, you know? Uh, it's pr- pr- probably just so Seth calms the fuck down. Yeah. Because Seth was angry because... The guy touched him, right? The guy grabbed him, right? The fat guy had insulted him or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, he ends up drinking with him. And then, you know, it goes... Like, after that, they're talking, whatever. I think at that part, is it the part where um, Danny Trejo's character, Razor Charlie, introduces Santanico Pandemonio? Or that's a little bit before that? No, I think that's right after they've had their drinks. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like things may be calming down. Yeah. That's when Danny Trejo introduces Salma Hayek. Yeah, he introduces, you know, you dirty dogs, feast your eyes. And and whatever line he says, on Santanico, Pandamonio. And then, you know, she comes... Worship at the feet of Santanico, Pandamonio. Yep. She comes... (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. You know, at that time, like, I think that is my first introduction to Salma Hayek. Like, I really think that is. Like, I think this is the first the, movie I've ever seen. The that. epitome of evil. Yep. Yep, exactly. Was this your first time you've seen Salma Hayek, too? Like, I don't think she's done anything else. Like, this is her introduction, isn't it? Oh. Uh, I think I may have already seen it. If I saw Desperado before that, then this is the second time I saw Salma Hayek. Oh, did Desperado come out before From Dust to Dawn? Oh, I think yes. after it did. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, I think he came out. I think he came out after, didn't it? Because at that time, because they had the prop, they had the sex machine prop in the movie, and we was like, "Oh shit, that's from Sex Machine." That was his crotch gun. They had it in um from Desperado, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember, I don't remember exactly. 
See, so hold on. From Dust Till Dawn is '96, and Desperado is 1995. Oh shit! So Desperado came out first. Ah, okay, okay. Yep. Because I, I don't know if you remember Desperado. I think they have Sex Machines prop in the movie, like the crotch gun. I think that's in the bar too over there. But mm. you know, I think it's just an Easter egg. It's not like it's connected. It was just an Easter egg, but. Um, yeah, so he, what, did, what did they call those things before the internet? What, the crotch gun? No, Easter eggs. Oh, what did they call it before? I think, wasn't it always called an Easter egg or just a... <laughs> I only started hearing this term for, you know, like a little movie clue that references another movie, at, you know, after the internet. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I don't know. I think it was always called an Easter egg because I, I think it was. <laughs> and why do they call it Easter egg? Um, because you know how I, I I believe the term comes from you know when you hide Easter eggs in the backyard and you find it you know like you know when the Easter egg hunt. Okay. That's, okay. All right. That's where it comes from. You know. <laughs> I don't like random things. Like, when you think about it, when you're younger, you don't think about shit like that. You just, like, watch the movie without even thoughts about that. Like, oh, I remember seeing this on here. But, like, you know, I guess when you get older, you'll start knowing the stuff. But I think Easter eggs always been around. We just never really paid attention to it. I'm or, pretty sure no one was using that term before the internet. Yeah, I don't think they were using Easter egg in the 40s or the 50s. Or, I don't know, like, what they said when they, you know, saw, um, um, Dracula and Frankenstein, is that an Easter egg from just isn't that Dracula's bones or whatnot? I don't know. I don't know what was the terminology for oh, it. Look, did you see that? That was a hair from Wolfman. That's yeah. Wolfman's gonna be in the next one. That was an Easter egg. <laughs> see that? Yeah. Easter, Wolfman Easter egg? <laughs> yeah, no one was saying that in nineteen forty five. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Wolfman's part of the cinematic universe. I know that because of the Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> no one was saying that during World War Two. Yeah, but then what? The, what they were saying, like, wasn't this in this movie? They just or? weren't saying these things. Yeah, people weren't so nerdy back then. Yeah, <laughs> is that a nerdy terminology? <laughs> yeah, you know, because you know, people people are much nerdier and geekier now than they were before. Yeah, that's true. Well, and the, know, people just yeah. went. People just went to the movies. They saw the movie and they went home. Yeah. So like, it's not like now you watch the movie and then you know you're on your phone right after the movie talking about the movie and you go home and you're still talking about the movie online and you're posting about the movie and you're trying to find out more information about the movie and the sequel and all this. They weren't doing that back yeah. then. I know. In the eighties, they had that too. Like when. Cobra Commander came out in Transformers. What did you call that? Like a cameo appearance? Like, oh, was that a cameo? Like, you just said Cobra Commander was in the new Transformers no, movie. No, the, the cartoon. I'm talking about the no, in the cartoon in, in the the '84 cartoon. Cobra Commander was in Transformers. Do you remember that episode? I do not remember that. The episode is but... called Only Human, and Cobra Commander came, and then you know this is like you know this is with Rodimus Prime and Ultra Magnus, and they used the synthoids to get the Autobots into human bodies, and the synthoids was used in GI Joe, where um they made they they made fake humans of I don't know if you're a fan of the cartoons, but they made like fake shipwreck shape you know fake families. Do you remember that synthoid conspiracy in on GI Joe? You think anyone was talking like this in the 1940s? <laughs> nope, they're not. Nobody, I don't think in the 40s, nobody even watched Transformers or G.I. Joe. 
Right. I Plus, we had, we had bigger things to deal with, like a war! Exactly. <laughs> All right, so getting back to track, Santanico comes out, and it's just like, I was just at awe, like, holy shit. Like, you know, like, what the hell? You know, like, wow, you know? I think... I, I, I've had friends of mine agree with me that the hottest woman in the world at that time? of all time is Sama Hayek in From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Just yeah. for that moment that she dances. Yeah. That is the hottest woman of all time. Yeah. That yeah. moment right there. Mm-hmm. Sama's been in other movies, but they don't count. Just yeah. That scene. That she scene, is the yeah. hottest woman of all time. Yep. You know, J-Lo didn't hold a candlestick to her at that time. Not even at that time ever. You know, like, she was, like, at that moment, like, the movie just took a turn. Just her, her appearance alone. And to think that dance was not even, like, choreographed. That was just her doing it on the fly. Like, you know, there was not, you know, same, you know, that was just her doing it. Like, he, I think Robert Rodriguez just say, you know, improvise. Just do it. Just dance, you know. With an albino python around her neck. It's insane. Sometimes that's how magic is made. Yeah. And Just then, wing it. Yep. And and the song that was playing, I forgot the name of the song, but it was a good song, man. It was a good song. Oh, it's song. a great song. Yeah. yeah. By Tito and the Tarantulas. Yeah, yeah, Tito and the Tarantulas, yeah. I know the beginning of the the beginning of the movie Dark Knight was performed by the Blasters, but I never heard any other hit after that. But Tito and the Tarantula, I forgot, I forgot, and then that song is done in Spanish as well and in English, that song that she's dancing after to. After Dark. After Dark, yes, After Dark. Yeah, it's great. Yes. So her parents just, like, set it off dancing and whatnot with the snake. And then, you know, she's getting into it, goes to, like, the alcohol and go back to the feet again. And Tarantino with her foot. I don't know. I think this is an excuse for Quentin Tarantino's have Salma Hayek's feet in his mouth, <laughs> right? Oh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that was no accident. Yep. <laughs> Either yeah, you're so, you're so Tarantino wrote it, so you know he was like, oh, 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 I know what I'm gonna do here. Yep. I'm gonna have Salma Hayek stick her foot in my mouth. <laughs> this is gonna be heaven. Yep. And he was all in that feet, man. And then like the alcohol <laughs> coming down. She they had alcohol. Have done a ton of takes. Yes. Oh my God. And the al- And think about it now with coronavirus. She had the alcohol in her mouth spitting in his mouth. It's just like before coronavirus, man. Like all this shit. It's crazy. <sighs> Nobody cared about he, that. <laughs> he would do it now, even with coronavirus. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that scene was like a good. I don't know if it was like five minutes or whatnot of her dancing, or probably a little bit longer. I'm not sure, but it was just amazing, man. Like she yeah. looked. Sultry, sexual, and evil at the same time. Like it's just like wow, you know, like fantastic. Yeah, and then like after the dance, you know, um, the guy that Richard beat ups outside Cheech Baron's character comes. Chet Pussy. Yeah, Chet Pussy comes in. It's like that's the motherfucker that you know hit me or whatnot, beat me up and shit, you know. And then like they, I think shoving Seth, and then, um. No, I think Chet, he put the knife in Richie's hand while Richie's hand was at the table first time. And then Seth shoots him. And then while he's still bleeding from his hand, something like that. Someone puts the knife through the hand that already has a hole in it. Yes. So that shit happened. 
fucking hurt like hell. Yeah, yeah. Because his hand was already fucked up. Yep. And then, so like, they drive the knife through it, and Quentin screams. Yep. Some 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 Mexicans get shot. <laughs> yep. And then that's when all hell breaks loose. Yep. Seth is like, let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. So the blood is, like, dripping down his hand. And then at that moment, you see Salma Hayek's character, Santanico Pandemonio, looks like she's having an orgasm looking at his hand with all the blood coming yep. down. Like, she's, like, inhaling and exhaling. But it's, like, sexual yet, like, hunger at the same time. So, like, she's just looking at it or whatnot. So, like, they're they're pulled out their guns of everybody at the bar. He's like, nobody moved. So he's, like, they're having the whole bar hostage and whatnot. Then... The transformation, like, I remember seeing that. That shocked the shit out of me. Like, oh, shit. Like, she just turned to, like, a vampire snake or whatnot. Jumps in the back of Richie Gecko. And, you know, she's just, you know, like, he's trying to shake her off him. She bites the shit out of him. When she bites him, it's like a like a tune that's playing. Like, oh, shit. You know, like, she yeah. bit the shit out of him. And then, like, you know, there, um, Seth... You remember what Quentin Tarantino says when the, George Clooney... Uh, goes to him after he's been bit. A fucking bitch, right? Yeah. <laughs> fucking, fucking bitch. Fucking bitch. <laughs> I love that. You see, that's what I mean. You... I love it. Fucking Fuck bitch. bitch. <laughs> it's just funny, man. Yeah, I know. Holy shit. I thought and it's, You know, it's it's it's... Uh, it's a little hard to have that much sympathy for Quentin Tarantino because he's been such a sick bastard up until that point. Yeah. So it's like, hey, pal, that, that, I think you got what you deserve there from that fucking bitch. Yep. <laughs> and then, like, once that happens, he, like, he dies and Seth, like, you can tell he's sad, but he's like, fuck, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, shit, like, I'm in this shit now. So basically, he's he's as sad as a tough motherfucker can be. Exactly, who yes. just saw his brother die. Exactly, but yeah. all of a sudden you see everybody who works at the bar or who or not, who works at the bar pretty much turning to fucking vampires. Like holy yes. shit! Like one person, another person, another person, and then they're just biting up a storm. And I think my fav- one of my favorite lines of the movie is one of the strippers locks the door and she says dinner. Is served. Yeah, you know? I know. And then it's yeah. like shit goes wild. You know, that's where you see like people are getting eaten, they turning. Then you know, you seeing cameos from Fred Williamson, who's like a big black sportation film genre guy. You know, yes. you see all these random actors getting bit and whatnot. So it was just like, oh shit, like shit shit's hitting the fan, you know, people getting bitten left and right is all chaos and whatnot, you know. Shit is just hitting the fan. Like, what do you thought about that scene where, like, shit's just going wild, everybody's getting bitten? It's, it's fantastic. I love chaos. <laughs> I love it. Plus chaos that involves strippers and vampires? Yeah. In Mexico? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's fantastic. It's a shame that there are more movies that have Mexican stripper vampires going crazy. Yeah. That should be a big genre. Yeah. There should, there should be. be an entire genre of of movies that feature vampires and strippers in Mexico. Yeah. No. It's but, a shame that it's just from Dust Till Dawn. 
Because I don't count the, the two sequels. Fuck that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was no lead for that. But yeah, like, man. But like, fuck. I don't know, everybody's turning and, and bitten down. Tom, Tom Savini is there, a sex machine. Tom, Tom Savini, the famous Hollywood makeup artist. Yep, he also, for wrestling fans out there, did the mask for The Fiend. But yeah, Tom Savini. And Greg Nicotero, who's also like Sex Machine's bud in it, also was, he does the makeup now. KN, um, was it KNB is part of Nicotero's thing, like the makeup effects. He also does The Walking Dead, like the makeup for The Walking Dead, and also a good director as well. Okay. He's yeah. the, the blonde guy, right? Long yeah. blonde hair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he pulls a knife on Sex Machine, and then Sex Machine pulls his dick gun out. Yep. And. That's when Greg Nicotero backs off, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's just chaos and whatnot. And I'm trying to remember. I think Seth goes... Like, I think chaos is happening eventually. Then Seth, you know, looks at Richie. He was like, sorry, I couldn't... Like, he apologizes to him and you know, while he's dead. Like, sorry... I don't know, he just apologizes yeah, for Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know? And then and then Richard turns into a vampire. Yeah, he was like, I love you, Richard. He's like, I love you too, Seth. And then he turns. I, lo I love you I love you too, Seth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so he has two great lines before and after yep. the and, vampire change. And, Fucking bitch. Yep. And then I love you too, Seth. I know. And he <laughs> I know and he looks like a cross between Frankenstein and Mr. Hyde. Like a vampire, it's just weird. Like the the way they made his face and his jaws, like his jawline, like he just looks like a Frankenstein meets a vampire meets Mister Hyde. Like he just looks like a big ass vampire. Like I mean, he already looks a little like Frankenstein to begin with. Yeah. So the makeup totally, you know, made him. It just it just made it made it even more apparent that Grand Tarantino really does look like Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then, you know, like, I think the sex machine wanted to kill him first. He was like, if you shoot my brother, I'll kill you. He was like, he's not your brother anymore, you know? And then, like, he was trying to defend them at first. And then, like, you know, through Richie's, I mean, through Seth's eyes, he still sees him as Richie. Like, you see the flashes of Quentin Tarantino. Right. With just fangs and the contacts. But then we see him as the monster or whatever, but he still sees him as his brother. And then, you know, he tells right. everybody to hold him down. And then, and then I think I think that's where Seth has another. I remember if you remember that line, he's like, "I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give you the the peace and death that you couldn't get in life." Yes, exactly. And just like pounds the stake right in his heart, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. oh, I'm killing him," you know. And then it's like a standoff between the vampires and then the ragtag group of Jacob, Scott, Kate, Sex Machine, Fred Williamson's character. I think his name is Frost, and um. Uh, uh, Seth Gecko, and there's like a standoff at the OK Corral. Like each person's going to, you know, to the other person, and they're fighting them off, you know, one by one. You know, each person has a vampire to fight. They're fighting them off. I think they eventually killed them off. Um, uh -huh. and then they ended up, like, you know, like after that that fight, like they're just killing off vampires. They're like down, making sure they're dead. Like stake them in the heart to make sure they're dead. And I think at that time, Jacob can't believe what's happening. He's just, like, in shock. Like, holy shit, you know? You know? Who wouldn't be? Yeah, he's like, I don't believe in vampires, but I believe in what I just saw. You know? Like, shit. You know? It was just, yeah. It was just funny. But then... Clooney that, has a great line. Who, um... Jacob? Uh, Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I what I don't believe in vampires. Yeah. But I believe in my own two eyes, yeah. and what I just saw <laughs> was fucking vampires. vampires. <laughs> he was such a fucking badass in that movie, man. Oh man, yeah, it was so excellent. And then, like, eventually, like, Sex Machine is pretty much, I think, the first victim. Like, well, they're killing stuff. He looks at Kate. He's, they're killing vampires. Kate almost gets killed because she was scared to stab the guy because she was like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do yeah. it because he looked dead. He turns to a vampire. She eventually stabs him. Sex Machine yes. is looking at her like, good job. But then I think yes. the guy rises up and bits him in the arm and he eventually kills him. He's like, oh, shit. So then he's right. hiding it now from everybody else because he just got bit, you know? Right. Yes, and, and then pretty much Fred Williamson's character Frost is telling them about what is it Vietnam War or some shit when he was in the war he was talking about like I was I was Nam yep <laughs> he's going all crazy with a Nam flashback yeah and you get pretty much talking his, about yeah. how he was killing people with a bayonet and there were chunks of yellow flesh yeah. hanging off his bayonet. Yep, he's pretty, he's pretty much giving off his exposition and whatnot, like, you know, because Fred Williamson, at the, you know, back in the days, the 70s, he was a black sportsation actor, he headlined movies, so this is, like, pretty much his last, you could say, him giving, like, a speech in a major role, so, like, you know, he's got that props of, like, you said, talking about Nam, talking about, like, the people that he's killed and whatnot, and then, yeah. you know, you see... Sex Machine's hands comes up and bites Fred Williamson in the neck. And it's like, holy shit, you know? And it's like, you bit, motherfucker bit me! You know? <laughs> Come on, Sex Machine! Yep. <laughs> and then it just goes wild. They end up fighting. I know, like, we're going in circles now, but it's like, it's just shit is getting crazy. They end up fighting, whatever. Eventually, Frost throws him out the window. And then, like, all the vampires come in. And then the they... Bats. Yeah. Yo, no. Yeah, and I'm missing the I'm, I'm missing the other part when Sex Machine goes nuts. Then he then he's the one that bit Jacob in the arm and throws him. Uh, Sex Machine bites the the, the father, the preacher. Right? That's right. So Sex Machine bites Frost and Jacob. Yeah, and then he throws him behind the bar. He throws him behind the bar. Sex Machine throws Jacob behind, behind the, the bar. bar. Yeah, yeah. And then Frost throws Sex Machine through the door. Yes. And then the bats fly in. And then he turns to a vampire, and then he has his hands out. And then, like, they leave the father behind the bar because they think he's dead. He turns into a real ugly vampire. Yeah, yeah. Woo! <laughs> yep. Halitosis galore. Yeah, he turns to a big <laughs> vampire. So, um, uh, Kate, Scott, and, um, Seth end up running to the back. I don't know, it's like a distillery or some shit. They run to, like, the back part of the bar. And then yeah, was, I think it's a distillery. Yeah, and then there was like, what happened with that? Like, yo, he's dead, whatever, and, you know... He's J dead, Kate! Yep. You know, and, and, you know, he hasn't turned yet, but, you know... But I think, to me, I don't know, I, I don't think... I, I found that scary. A lot of people didn't find it scary, but I found it scary where he just popped up and they're all looking at him. It looks like fucking hell. If that's what hell looks like, I would think it's like that. They're all looking at him, and he takes the gun and the bat and makes it like a cross. You know, like, he puts the gun... Like, the shotgun has, like, a little hole thing where, like, the, the bat part yeah, fits in it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's just standing looking at them. Yeah, that know. is a scary scene, the way they're all looking at him. Yeah, yeah. And then, I think, at you know, I think before we even, like, talked about that, I think he was saying that, you know, he lost his faith, but he sort of got his faith back, right? 
or was it after that he got his faith back? Like, well, we, we missed the part where they're talking about how to fight vampires. Yeah, and George Clooney says, if we had a, a priest to bless uh, a, someone of faith to bless the holy the water and make it holy, yes, that's when he gets. Then we back, can yeah. fight the vampires, but. Uh, Harvey Keitel has lost his faith. Yeah. So then Clooney mocks him. Yeah. By calling him a faithless preacher. Yeah. And Clooney punches, uh, Keitel punches Clooney. Yeah, yeah. Which is what Clooney, I think, wanted. Mm-hmm. So that this guy can get mad and get his faith back. And he eventually does, right? And yeah, then... he, calls it, he asks him, are you a faithless preacher? Or a mean motherfucking servant of God. Yep. And he's, I'm a mean... <laughs> of God. Servant of God, yes. <laughs> he still won't curse because, yep. you know, he's a he's a preacher, but he's got his faith back. Yeah. So and now he can bless the water and make it holy and use that to fight the vampires. Yeah, exactly. So he makes Which it... Which they do. Yeah, because he makes it to the back, eventually shoots, like, the vampires one by one, has a cross-up. And then at that at that time before all that, you know, he's telling them to open the door. They were scared to open it. They eventually opened it, and then there was like, you know, Scott and Kate were happy to see him. They gave him a hug and whatnot, and he was like, you know, I can help you for a little bit because I'm already dead already. You know, before I turn, you know, we gotta. I'll try to help you as much as I can, but we gotta like make a stand right now. So and then you know, at that time when Seth sees, oh, he says, uh, he says, I'll be the lapdog of Satan. Yep, yep, exactly. Great line. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Seth and then even before that when Seth says are you bit I'm gonna kill every one of you last forsaken fucking vampires each one of you like you just gave this whole speech like Seth was it like can't be, it can't be suicide yep. you already did yep <laughs> yep that's so <laughs> awesome like Seth was like fucking Wolverine man like he was ready to take out the whole fucking bar of vampires man so like yeah. in the back like there's um there's a, a random water gun back there, but there's like random stuff back there, like the shit uh, they open. Bunch of shit back there that they put together and make weapons. Yeah. A la the A team. Yup. There's a cr crossbows. I, I'll be shocked if that scene was not an homage to the A team. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I never even thought about that. It could be. It could it be. It totally reminds me of the A team because every episode of the A team had that scene. Yeah. The A-Team, to me, was, like, the precursor to MacGyver. Because, you know, how the A-Team used to put all shit together. Make a van. Make an armored van out of wood and all this shit. Like, you know, they were... They improvised shit. And that's what they did. They were improvising. They'd be captured. And then they'd be locked up in some place that had a bunch of random shit. Yep. And the A-Team would make weapons out of this random shit. And then they'd bust out. That was every episode. Yep. And that's exactly what happens in From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, they put everything together, you know, the guns and whatnot. They're ready to come out. They come out, and then they start, you know, going. It's it's a melee. It's a melee. It's the humans with a human hybrid who's going to end up turning into a vampire against the vampires. And then, like, yes. they're doing their thing and whatnot. What do you thought about, like, that whole scene itself, like, everybody fighting? It's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing in that movie that I don't like, you know, so I I fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did you think it was a mistake 
them killing Richard Gecko, or you think it was needed? Like, you know, because them two together, they have great chemistry, but you think him losing his brother, like, fucks up their whole dynamic, or you think it was all right? No, no, it's it's needed. It's needed, okay. First of all, Richard Gecko was a scumbag. Yeah. So a guy like that should die. Mm-hmm. And number two, it adds more emotional weight to the movie. True, true. And it helps you sympathize more with uh, Seth Gecko. Mm-hmm. You're right. So that it, it's good. I have no problem with them killing Quentin Tarantino's character off. All right. So then eventually they end up fighting whatever. They're they're kicking ass, and then Jacob and you know at that time Jacob's fighting whatever, and it's kind of fucked up because like Scott. You know, oh, like, you know, he, he, at, at first, before we get to that part, they were in the back, he, he makes the kid promise that if something happens, they're going to kill him. And then, you know, I think Scott was hesitant to kill him at first. He's all right. I promise I won't kill you. Know, I promise I'll kill you, you know? And then like yeah, he, each that's one when promise. he says it's, it's not suicide if you're already dead. Mm-hmm. But then when they're fighting out, they're fighting in front of the bar, the vampires end up backing off Jacob because he already turned. And then, yeah, he, and then he turns around. He has that cool look. Remember? Yeah, like like a gargoyle, like a gargoyle vampire snarly look. And then it's it's Arn Anderson is a vampire. Yep. And that Scott sees like him. If you ever, if you ever, for whatever reason, imagined Arn Anderson, Arn Anderson is a vampire. <laughs> it's Harvey Keitel. That's it. <laughs> that should be your next costume, Arn Anderson as a vampire. <laughs> Oh shit! But then you know he sees um, Scott, and <laughs> and Scott is shocked, and he doesn't do uh, shit. He ends up biting the shit out of Scott. Scott is just like, a, like he he just fucking froze. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, he got bit too. You know? He bites the shit out of his adopted son slash gay a- Asian lover. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And then, but Scott, I think Scott has like the best screen. He's like, "Oh God, oh, oh, oh God!" You know, like he had the water balloon blessed with the holy water, puts it on his yes. head, and he said, yeah. "I bless the Lord in Jesus Christ's name." And then he ends up, you know, killing his dad. He kills his dad. And then he got bum rushed by all the vampires. Remember, they all bite him. He's like, "Oh God!" Ah, ah. They all bite yeah, him. That's when he's like, "Get the fuck off!" <laughs> 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 And then, like, I, you know, at this moment, I was pissed. I'm like, if I was Kate, I would have just ki- take him out of his misery right away. He's like, kill me, Kate. Kill me, Kate. And she's, like, hesitating. Like, just fucking kill him. They're eating him up. Like, kill him. Well, Remember that shit? He's like, it's her brother. Yeah. You know, yeah. Will you be that quick to shoot your sibling? I, I don't think so. I don't know, but they're just all annoying at him, though. It's like yeah. they're biting his arm, his neck, his legs. Like, they're just, like, having him up. And they're just having, he's like a human she's, shish kebab. She's know? been through a lot, that night yeah that's true she has been through a lot <laughs> you know <laughs> you know so she lost she, her father and her brother now yep so she ends up shooting him he blows up it blows up the vampires are eating him up they're they're fighting there's a lot back of and um there's a lot of inter-family killing in this movie yeah oh i forget yeah. we we even forgot to talk about it um how seth kills santanico you know what i'm saying she's like i hope you taste as good as your brother she knocks like um seth yeah. out you know, and then another line, another famous line from that movie. Do you remember what it was? How he killed Santanico? Uh, she says, "Welcome to slavery." Yes. Yep. And then, 
uh, George Clooney says, no thanks, I already had a wife. wife. Yep. <laughs> and she was like the chandelier down, and that's how she dies, basically. Yes. Like, it was, like, that, I think in a way, I was annoyed with that part, because I thought her part was like, she was like the main lead, and she gets killed instantly. Before this whole fight scene with the vampires we're talking about, she gets killed right away. Like, shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, it's another one of those tricks where they, you know, they make you believe that a certain character is going to be important, and they're not as important as you think they are. Yeah. And she gets just like you think Michael Parks at the beginning is going to be the hero of the movie. Yep. No. Nope. He he is only there for a few minutes, and then same thing with Salma Hayek. Yeah, gets killed right away. Yeah. You know, but getting back to the fight, they're fighting, and it's only Kate and Seth left, and uh, I believe they're like in a standstill, right? With all the vampires, are they surrounded at this point? Like they're surrounded. Yeah, by they're the like in the middle. Yeah. Surrounded by all these vampires. Yeah, I think it's just... things are not looking good for them. Yep. And then he but was. There's like, hope. Yeah. He was like, "How many bullets you have left?" And then he was like, "Save it." I don't know. He says some line in it too. Like I don't know. George Clooney had great lines in that movie. Whoever wrote like his dialogue. Yeah, was so he good. says, uh, "Save it for the next fuck who tries to bite you. you." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you know they end up fighting and carlos eventually makes it there he's i'm looking for my friend seth you know i'm looking for my friend seth yep and then they end up well, right, before that they end up shooting the holes in the thing because it's starting to get sunny outside right they end up shooting, shoot the holes yep. shoot more holes yep <laughs> they shoot him and then and like sunlight saves the day yep the sunlight hits the disco ball too right and then that's where it hits like, the disco ball and ricochet then the disco ball causes the, these rays to ricochet yeah. All over the club, and all these vampires start exploding. Yeah, boom, 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 yep. And then, and like, make it out. Carlos, like, breaks his way in or shoots the way inside, and they yeah. end up leaving. And then yeah. they end up going outside, running outside, leaving again. Like, the, the beginning of the movie, he's walking through an explosion. The end of the movie, he's running through an explosion. You know, he's running mm-hmm. through the place that's blowing up. So everybody blows up, and then... You know, I think another brilliant line, why the fuck out of all places you have us, we have to meet you here, you know, some shit like that he says to uh, yeah, Carlos, yeah. you know. You know also, this... another great line, when he tells him what, when Clooney tells Cheech what happened, Cheech is like, what were they, cycles? Yep. <laughs> He's like, no, they were a cycle, they're vampires. Psychos do not explode in sunlight, no matter how crazy, some shit like that, no matter how crazy they are. Psychos do not explode when sunlight sun- hits them. No. I don't care how crazy they are. Yep. Wow, you remember the lines good. Yep, exactly, yeah. that's what he said. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it... You know, then you know he's just like at at that point he's just looking at the bar like holy shit like I just can't believe what I just been through. It's just like a subtle look like it's daylight mm-hmm. outside and he's just looking at the bar like holy shit like I lost everything you know. And then um, Carlos pays Seth you know whatever that percentage he is that he has to follow him to El Rey I guess. He meets him at the bar so like everything is dead everything is exploded everybody's. You know, the only two survivors are Scott and Kate, you know, and then Kate asks him, can I, she, could she go with him? And he's like, to me, I don't know, that, that part bothered me. I'm not surprised why he didn't take her with her. Like, you know, like she lost everything. Like, fuck, you know, he just gives her, I don't know how much he gives her. He gives her a ton of money to start a new life. He's like, go home, Kate. 
Like, that was like, where the fuck is she going to go? Where's her home? You know? <laughs> yeah, but then if he takes her with her, it's, she's, he's just going to put her in harm's way. Yeah. yeah. So it's better that he didn't. True, but I think her surviving a vampire, like apocalypse in a bar, I think she could handle her own <laughs> going through all that. But you're right. Like, I guess he's just like, you know, just do what you got to do. He feels yeah, bad because of her money. Shit. You know? And then the the titles for the beginning of the movie is for the end of the movie. You know? Dark Knight. <clears throat> Dark Knight, pretty much. And then I think the shot where everybody, you know, after the whole movie's over, the shot that got me was like when you pan out of the city twister, the whole shit was like an Aztec Egyptian temple almost. Like, this has been going on for years. And you see all these truck stops on the floor. You see, like, cars and shit. Like, you know, they've been feeding forever. Like, all, you know, like everybody that's been going there been killed, you know? So you get that in your mind, like, you know, you get that, you know, exposition. Like, oh, shit. Like, this they've been doing this shit forever, you know? Yeah, the back of the city twister. Yeah. Yeah, looks fuck- like an Aztec temple. Yeah, like a fucking pyramid, you know? Like, holy shit, you know? Like, they've been doing this for a long time, man. So, But that- I guess this is it, right? The Titty Twister is over. Yeah, Titty Twister is over. Like you said, you know, there's been, you know, Texas Blood Money Part 2 and Part 3, The Hangman's Daughter, which is a prequel. But they don't hold a candle to the original, man. Like, From Dust Till Dawn, it was really one of those movies where, like... It was a movie at its time. Like, you know, certain movies, like, you know, of course, like, if it's good, you're happy to get a sequel if the story is right and it's and, and it's good. But that magic, I think nothing could touch the original magic, man, of that movie, you know? They also, they also had From Dust to Dawn the series, which was okay, but it was just too long of a series. Like, it's just, I don't know if you're a fan of the series or if you've seen it, but it kind of, you know, went its own direction where... The Culebras, where it's like a, a vampire snake cult, but they're vampires and whatnot. But I don't know if you you watched the series ever, but it, 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 you know, it tried to, like, milk it. But I think it was just meant to be just one and done type of story. Like, I don't think it was necessary to have a series about it. You know, even though, like, at first I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool, you know. But I think the fir- if you watch the first season, it's pretty much the first movie. And then part two and three goes its own direction. But... Um, from Dust to Dawn, I thought was Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino's. Like I think it pretty much spotlight put them on the map, and I think they collab later. They collaborated together again with Planetara and um, what was it? Uh, uh, what was that shit with? Oh, Kurt Russell. What was his name? Death Proof. Death Proof. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, the Grindhouse double feature. Yes, yes. So overall, man, how do you rank on a scale of? One star to four stars. Like, how do you rank from dusk to dawn? What are your pros and cons about it? And to this day, how do you feel about it? How it, how does it hold up in 2021? Uh, I think it holds up great in 2021. Uh, from one to four, I, I'd say three and a half stars. Oh, wow. Okay. Why yeah. why why the half? Why, why you didn't give them the whole four? Um, just because, I mean... If you give something four, that means it's absolutely perfect, right? Yeah. So, I, I, I got to be very careful with what I give a four to. Mm, okay. But definitely a three and a half. Three and a half stars. Okay. Um. The. The only con. I mean. I can 
can see how people would not like this movie because it takes such an abrupt turn halfway through the movie. Mm -hmm. It starts off as a heist movie and then it turns into a vampire movie. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, it, like the genres, go in a, it, it's a completely different direction. Yeah. The first half is like realistic, sort of. The second half is completely not realistic. Yeah. So I can see how people would be turned off by that. I totally understand. So I guess if... I mean, to me, it's not a con. I like it, but I would understand how others can see it as a con. Yeah. Um, everything else, I mean... I guess, uh, you know what? I wouldn't have made Quentin Tarantino's character that fucking disgusting. Yeah, I noticed that, because I know we talked about it before. You have problems with, like, sodomy and rape type shit. Like, did you find that a problem? Him being, like, a pedophile, like, sicko pervert that he was? Uh, the fact that he rapes that bank teller. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, did you really... Need to do that, yeah. Did they really have to go there? Yeah. What's the point of having him be a fucking, you know, killer rapist? I, you know, I don't know, I just think they want it. What does that add, what does, what does it really add to the movie? That he's just like, that he's yeah. a loose cannon? Yeah. I think that was, that's already established at the beginning when he kills the sheriff. Yeah. He's the one who shoots the sheriff, right? Yeah. yeah. He shoots the sheriff. Yeah. And then he shoots the clerk. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was established already, that he's a loose cannon, that, you know, he's... He can go off at any moment and fuck things up. Yeah. I don't think they needed to take it to that level that they did. I don't know. I, I don't know if they so wanted to... That's a, that's a, if, that's, if I have to say... If I have to point out something that I would have done differently, it would have been that. Yeah. I don't know if they wanted to point out that he had a mental illness, and that's their way of interpreting that this guy has a mental illness, that he hears voices, and he has to do these things to be complete. I don't know, like, in a way, I you know, I, I didn't find it interesting, but in a way, I think See, they just... To me, to me, that's not, you know, nowadays with this whole mental illness thing. Yeah. I just think they just to wanted me, him... That's, yeah. there's, there's, to me, that's not a quote-unquote mental illness. Yeah. To me, that's just that he's a sick fucking killer rapist bastard. Yeah. Now, if you want to say, well, that's a mental illness, you can go say that I'm not one of those people. Yeah. You're a sick fucking killer rapist. Yeah. I don't like, deserve to die. Yeah, I just think... I don't want to hear about mental illness. I just think they wanted to keep him separate. They didn't want him to be as close as Seth. They didn't want him to be that same type of character because Seth is more the angelic, beautiful, handsome face, but who's also, like, a fucking killer and shit and a logical killer. And, you know, Quentin Tarantino is the ugly, like, okay, I have mental illness. I like to rape women. I like to, like, sodomize and torture them. But, you know, I'm also, like, unstable. So, like, I think they're just trying to do, like, two halves of a coin. Like one is pure I think you, I think you can do mental illness without being a killer rapist. Okay, I noticed that you're yeah. You're, yeah you're, you don't like shit like that. Movies like like when they do shit like that, you don't like that. Uh, I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just you know, if you're gonna be someone that we sort of are rooting, rooting for, for, yeah, I 
would like it if you're not a rapist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hear you, but like, all right, let me give you an example. Have you seen The Devil's Rejects, right? Believe it or not, I've never seen The Devil's Rejects. What? And it's a movie that everyone tells me about, oh. but I never saw it. I saw uh, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, but I never saw The Devil's Rejects. You, right, you have to see, that's your homework. I know, song, yeah. I know. I have never, this, this better be the greatest movie of all time, though, because if it's not, I'm going to be very fucking oh it is it, it it is a great movie i i put it up there honestly like if you you have to watch it without interruption so nobody calling you you watch it and concentrate mm-hmm. on it like mm-hmm. you seen from you seen house of a thousand corpse did you find it great or did you find it okay it was okay okay if you found that okay you're gonna find this one great because everything changes like you know you could still you could watch um, the Devil's Rejects and not having seen House of a Thousand Corpse and be okay with it because it's sort of mm-hmm. like a sequel reboot. But, mm-hmm. you know, since you've seen House of a Thousand Corpse, the characters are pretty much established for you, so you definitely could watch it. But I think you should watch this, and I definitely want to do a review with you with The Devil's Rejects. So I definitely want you to watch it so we could do a review together about it. But um, there's a particular scene um, I want to talk to you about, but you have to see the movie first, though. But I think... I think because... You like that type of feel of like that subgenre grindhouse eighty seventies type shit. That movie mm-hmm. has that that movie has the feel to it. So definitely watch it. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I I I give it. I would say I give it from dusk till dawn. I think I would just give it three stars. It's not a perfect movie. You're right, but um. I think from beginning to end, I was intrigued. I wasn't bored. Like, there's some movies I'm watching, like, oh, shit, is there a bathroom bake in this? Or, you know, like, I, I remember being immersed in the movie, like, if I was a part of the movie. Like, movies yeah. to me is, like, I have to watch it, and I feel like I'm a part of it. I felt like I was a part of the movie, and I enjoyed it. Um right. And I forgot, we, we forgot to talk about the cameos. Like, John Saxon has a little cameo in it, too, where, That's right. you know, I think, he, what, is he, what was he? He was, like, the uh, ranger? I don't know if he was the leader of the rangers or something. They put his name in the he's bottom. A, he's a detective, he's right? A detective. He appears yeah. in the, in the, on the news. With Kelly Preston, yeah, Kelly Preston is talking to him, you know? Yeah. And then, like, you know, you figure he's going to be a part of the movie, but he's just a cameo, a glorified just, cameo. Yep. Just another little cameo. Yeah, and then Kelly Preston, of course. God rest her soul. Um, who else? There was, there was, you know, Jay, you know, um, Michael Parks is in it as well. Uh, yes, the sheriff. The sheriff. Um, I'm, I know I'm missing now. I know there's more. Well, Cheech Marin has like the three cameo roles. Not really cameos, but you know, he has speaking roles. But he played three different roles in one movie, which was astonishing. Like, like at that time. I don't think I remember a, a character playing, an actor playing three roles in the same movie, especially a character that gets killed eventually and then, you know, comes back as a different character. So, it's, it, it, it was very good. Um, I, I, like, you know, in a way, I wanted a sequel. The sequel we got wasn't the sequel that I wish we would have had, but, like, there's no, there's no way to recreate that magic again. You know, there's no, no way, you know, and... Um, it's not, is it a perfect movie? No. Did it keep me entertained? Yes. Um, did I have fun with it? Yes. 
at that time, like, I was like, a George Clooney, I was like, George Clooney needs to do more movies, man. Like, he, he needs to do more movies. And then, you know, eventually he did, like, Out of Sight. He did other movies. Peacemaker wasn't a great movie. Like, you know, like, he had a sort of a film career, but then he kind of floundered and then, like, kind of disappeared. He was horrible as Batman, you know? Great Bruce Wayne. Horrible as Batman. But, um, yeah, him as Seth Guckle, to me, like... To me, that's probably one of his most memorable role in a film ever, I think. And, uh, I will never like George Clooney as much as I like them in From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, right? Like, you remember any other role you like George Clooney in? No, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think I'm a f- big fan of any other George Clooney movie. Wow. Even Out of Sight with J-Lo, The Peacemaker with, with Nicole Kidman. Um, uh, Peacemaker's okay. Uh, out of Sight was boring to me. Oh, you know, like Out of Sight? Okay. No. I was like, yeah. fuck this. When is this shit gonna end? Yeah. He did that movie in Central Park with Michelle Pfeiffer, too. I forgot the name of that movie. He did some... Never. Never. I never heard of it? Never saw never saw that movie. No. Yeah. He th- yeah. At that time he was big and he did a lot of movies. Quentin Tarantino continued from there. Robert Rodriguez, you know, had the El Rey network. He got his own network from that shit. You know, he's done Predators, which wasn't great, but wasn't bad either. It's the Spy Kids franchise for him. So like everybody pretty much were it's pretty successful out of that movie. I think Salma Hayek... Everybody, everybody peaked, and it's been downhill since. Yeah. Salma Hayek ended up marrying a, uh, a prince or something, or a million... I don't know. She married somebody from Europe or something. Some shit. rich motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, she's set for the rest of her life. Yeah. Uh, Quentin... Quentin did more movies. Yeah, and Glorious Bastards. He had a lot of fucking hits, man. He did uh, a lot of... But nothing will ever top Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, nothing will ever top From Dust Till Dawn for Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Nothing will top From Dust Till Dawn for George Clooney or for Salma Hayek. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Danny Trejo has never been as cool yeah, as he cool. was in From Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. This is it. From Dust Till Dawn is is the peak for a lot of these people. Yeah. For me. Yeah. For me. That's the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah, From Dust to Dawn, really good movie. Would you ever watch the series, or have you seen the series, or? I, I, I saw, I saw the, the new Santanico Pandemonium. Yeah, Isa Gonzalez, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to compare. Yeah. And I'm like, this chick ain't nothing compared to Sama Hayek. And that was it. That's all I saw from that shit. Oh, okay. So you didn't really like watch. You just watch. Did you watch that like the whole scene play out? It's an. You can even watch it on YouTube. They have like their whole bar fight scene compared to like the, the original Dust of Dawn bar fight scene. Like, it's... I saw the dance. Oh, you just saw the dance. Okay. I just wanted to compare the dance. I wanted to see what she looked like. I wanted to see how she danced. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this this doesn't compare. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh... And that was it. And that's all I'll, I'll ever see of that show. <laughs> yeah it doesn't compare it to Salma you're right no. yeah. but this movie was really good three stars from dusk till dawn check it out um, it should be on I don't know if it's on Amazon or Netflix or nothing like that you might if anything you might have to like purchase it for like two ninety nine or something 
But it is a great movie. Um, I owned the three-pack back in the days, you know, physical media. I've owned, like, the box set where you see, like, the titty twister in the fire. You lift it up, and then you have one, two, and three in the movie. And it also comes with Full Tilt Boogie, which is, like, the behind-the-scenes uh, documentary of From Dust Till Dawn, the first movie. So that was pretty cool. I have that. Yeah. I like, I like Full Tilt I, have, I have the DVD. Yeah, me too. That and was... it brings Full Tilt Boogie. Yep. That was pretty cool. Full Tilt. Yeah. Did you get the box set of it though? Like it comes with one, two, and three, or just the just the movie itself? Just just the the special edition movie. Oh, with okay. The documentary. I don't have the sequels. I don't care for the sequels. Yeah, yeah. It was it was not good. It was not good at all. Like yeah. I tried to justify it when I was younger. It's a sequel. I have to own it. I have to watch it. You know, and mm, it's not as good. It's not as good. Uh-huh. You know, even though Danny Trejo's in it, you know, whatnot. He's the only like character from the first movie that's in the second and third movie but mm, no it does he'll do anything that's why yeah <laughs> low budget commercials Trejo he's, t- the, he's yeah. the mexican samuel L. jackson you know what that's a perfect fucking analogy man he is <laughs> he'll do anything man you know and robert rodriguez like i just, just hate just yeah. just give me the script man yeah he'll do anything you know <laughs> You know, Danny Trejo has... I won't even read it. Just give me the script. Yeah. And he has a trilogy of, um... What is that movie he did with Danny... Badass. Yes, yes. With Danny Glover, he did, I think, that one movie with. And it's and it's based off the guy on the fucking bus. And it's a trilogy of Badass, Badass 2, and another I one. I know. Oh, my God. It was like... I was very, I was disappointed when I saw Badass. Yeah. I expected, like, when you see it, you're like, oh, this movie's gonna be... The bomb. This is gonna be good, and then it's like, yeah, eh, wasn't all that. It was sort of silly. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. But I was hoping for something like Hobo with a shotgun. Yes, with Rucker Howard. That's an amazing. Yeah, movie. that's what yeah. I was hoping for, but it wasn't like that. Yeah, I know. And then you know he's done a lot of fucking movies, but you know also Robert Rodriguez. That's like his charm. He used him in the Spy Kids movie. Also, I got to give props to Robert Rodriguez, man, because he put Danny Trejo in a mainstream movie with the Machete and Machete Kills, you know? And it I got. Was, right? I was disappointed by Machete as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I just expected more, man. Yeah. And I just think, like, yeah, it's just. I don't know. It was just too ridiculous, but, you know, I don't know. Like, we're seeing. And Machete Kills is even worse. Yeah. It was so bad, they, ne- they never even did the third part, Machete in Space. space yeah. <laughs> I know. You know. And also, he was in Desperado as, you know, like, like yeah, all his names are related to Knives, right? That's what, that's his shit with Robert Rodriguez. All his movies are r- related to Knives. Like, he was Razor Charlie in Dust to Dawn, Machete in Machete. He was Machete in Spy Kids. I don't know if it's the same Machete or Machete. Because you yeah. gotta keep the stereotype going, even if yeah. you are Hispanic. Yep. <laughs> I cut you, man! Yep. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, like... Yeah, like, yeah, man, he's just done, like, movies that, like, I'll, it'll pop up on Netflix, like, Danny Trejo starring in this, like, oh, I'm not gonna watch it, you know, and it, <laughs> it might sound interesting, but I just know the minute I put it in, it's not gonna be up to par, but, yeah, you know, but, yeah, that was our 
review, I give it three stars. Is, is it perfect? No, but it's a watchable movie. It's one of those movies where you could, it's like the Goonies or like the Monster Squad to me, in my opinion. Movies that you could rewatch over and over again and never get sick of it. So like, like, you know, like right now everything is like streaming. You could go to Netflix or whatever, but if it's popped up on the TV, is in the middle of the scene, I'll probably will still watch it. I'm like, oh, let me just see the rest of this part, you know? Like, I probably will still watch it. But it's hard to find on TV. They don't really play it like that, like, religiously. It's not, like, a repeatable movie that they play in because it's kind of older movie, so, but... Who watches TV anymore? Yeah, all right? If you got these apps and shit, you know? You can watch shit on your phone or, you know, HBO Max. I, I, don't, I, I don't watch TV anymore. You don't? You gave up on television no. altogether? Sure. Yeah, fuck it. Oh, shit. Well, you have the apps, though, right? You have, like, Netflix, HBO Max or whatever, or... Uh, I got HBO Max because a friend of mine gave me his code. Okay. I don't watch it, though. Oh, you just watch, like, Godzilla vs. Kong, right? That was it. Did you like it? Oh, the fight scenes were good. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like the original, right? The rest of the movie is retarded. Yeah. Yeah. All the fight scenes, I'll give him credit for the fight scenes. Yeah. Especially compared to the the two previous American Godzilla movies. Yeah. These fight scenes were much better. Yeah. However, the rest of the movie... The fuck was that? <laughs> so, different times, man. Different times. <laughs> yeah, they, they used to make movies where you understood what was going on, and now they make movies that are retarded. Yeah, yeah. different times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so, different times. Yeah. But I'm glad me and you enjoyed From Dust Till Dawn with George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, um, Juliette Lewis, Harvey Keitel. I think those were the main, like the poster. Arn, Arn Anderson. <laughs> Arn Anderson. <laughs> Cameo appearance. <laughs> Harvey Keitel, a.k.a. Arn Anderson. Yeah. It yeah. was a good movie. but We've been lied to all these years. That's really Arn Anderson. <laughs> Yeah, Arn Anderson has a big dome. He has a big head. <laughs> Melon head. <laughs> Before yeah. we go, if you really want to laugh, yes, look up the flair for the gold where Steve Austin and Brian Pillman are making fun of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson for being old. Yes, I remember that. Flair for the and, old. Yep, I remember that shit. And, no, the one before it. Oh, the one before it? Okay. Where they're the guests on Flair for the gold. Oh, okay. It was the setup for their Clash of the Champions match, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And they're they're just making fun of them to their faces. Yeah. That they're old, and Arn Anderson is just sitting in the corner, seething, <laughs> with the you know with his button down shirt and his slacks, and he yeah. just looks like this angry old grumpy man who just <laughs> wants to beat the shit out of these two young guys who are making fun of him for being old. It's just so funny. It just. Him just seething is funny. Yeah. Oh. These young punks making fun of me. I'm kick their fucking asses. That's what it looks like. Do you listen to Arn Anderson's podcast, or you don't hear him? Uh, no, I no? don't. Oh, okay. You, you got it. You'll Arn Anderson is like dry funny. Like he's almost like a letter. Okay. Like you, you should hear an episode or two, or go to YouTube and just hear like clips of him like doing insults okay. to people. It's funny. You know, and then, I don't know if you're a fan of Tosh.0, but he has a fascination with Arn Anderson, too. <laughs> How can you not? Yeah, I know. He's, he's great. <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
he always throws in Arn Anderson in like different clips or just name drops him, and people are like, what the <laughs> fuck, you know? Oh <laughs> uh, man, but ladies and gentlemen, that was me and the proprietor, the host of the legendary New York Public Access show, Speaking Spanish, Big Al, reviewing from dusk till dawn. Um, Big Al, promote your social media. Um, promote anything you got coming up. Okay, so on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Big Al Show. On Twitter, I am twitter.com slash, what am I saying? Twitter, I'm at Speaking Spanish. And on Instagram, I am at Spicken Spanish TV. That's S P I C N Spanish. Yep, Spicken Spanish. And yeah. perfect. And um, this was our review of From Dust to Dawn for myself and the legendary Big Al. I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks. Yeah.